And welcome back to what I like to call, from nonsense to God sense, an opportunity where we take a look at some of the uh, craziness, maybe, that goes on in this world and try to look at it through a biblical perspective and make some sense out of it. And uh, joining me is Dan Delzell. He's the author at the Christian Post, has written many articles, also a pastor in a church in Nebraska. And Dan, thanks for coming on today. Well, thanks for having me, Son. I'm looking forward to it. So one of the things that uh, is kind of interesting in life is it doesn't matter who you are, but you hear it all the time. Oh, my God. OMG. God. Jesus. You throw these uh, words out, and a lot of times people will just kind of do it in uh, exclamation, like, you know, hey, are you going to the party? Oh, my God, it was so much fun. Or maybe, you know, they throw out a little uh, God before a cuss word, like damn it or something. And so uh, what I wanted to get your opinion on today is, is, you know, this idea, which I think comes from the third commandment, don't take the Lord's name in vain. And I've heard many different uh, perspectives on it from people saying that God's name in vain is being taken if you just happen to say OMG, or it's God's name in vain if you happen to put his name before damn it. Or I've even heard people, prominent pastors even say that the real reason or the real uh, way you take God's name in vain is if you utilize it in a false religion or you're starting to propaganda or propagate false religion by using his name. And so I thought it'd be something that'd be kind of you know fun to talk about because I think maybe some people don't really understand what taking God's name in vain is. And maybe you can give us some perspective on that uh, as we talk here today. Well, absolutely, Stan. You know, you uh, referred to uh, one of the commandments uh, in Exodus 20. Uh, you know, the Lord made it very clear, uh, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And you just gave a few examples of, of how God's name is thrown around uh, flippantly, uh, you know, in, in various settings and circles. And uh, like some of those passages you quoted, I mean, I too uh, believe firmly, based on Scripture, that uh, we are taking God's name in vain uh, when we say God's name, but we're not saying it in a respectful way, we're not saying it in a, uh, in a holy, uh, for a holy purpose, we're not saying it to bring Him glory. Uh, and so more often than not, you hear God's name used as a curse word, and when someone's angry, uh, which is very interesting, this is a song, that, um, you know, there are so many people who wouldn't even claim to believe in God or, or follow Christ, uh, and yet um, they'll use his name. They, they don't use, uh, you know, the name Muhammad when they're angry, or they don't shout out Buddha. You know, they, they, they seem to want to latch on to uh, Jesus' name, or as you said, they'll, they'll put damn it there uh, at the end of, of uh, referring to God. And so it's, it's quite uh, curious that that is where man's heart and man's uh, tongue would lead him, uh, but it, it, it does go on all the time. And, and while we are all sinners, uh, and, and so we can't point the finger at someone and say, aha, look, there's somebody, a bigger sinner than me, you know, we're all sinful. We've all used our tongue in inappropriate ways at times and definitely said things that we shouldn't say. Um, it is very important at the same time that we make very clear that God takes this issue uh, very seriously, uh, and because of who God is, and, and because of the importance that, that is attached to God's name, and, and he didn't have to tell his people uh, there in Exodus how important it was to him, but he did, because he wanted to have not just a relationship with them, but a close relationship with them. And, and I'll tell you, son, a, a person cannot have a close relationship with the Lord if they're taking his name in vain, any more than you know, a husband or wife could have a close relationship with their spouse if they were constantly, um, you know, using their spouse's name in a derogatory way. Uh, it, it, it just doesn't flow that way. And so this is why uh, the Bible um, gives us the the very clear message about the importance of God's name and how we speak about His name. It's interesting because I wonder what it would be like if I was walking down campus or something and I heard someone say, "Son, damn it." And it's, it'd be like, you know, no one, no one does that or Dan, damn it, or whatever the case may be. You know, we don't use these other names. It just happens to be God's name. And like you mentioned earlier, no Buddha, no Muhammad, no Allah, nothing like that. Um, is that just because you think that it's because God is God and Jesus is Jesus? That's why his name is used over the years because of a sinful nature. And it's an attack from Satan that wants us to use these things to separate us from God. You know, that's a very uh, interesting point, Son, and, and I, I've thought about that um, a number of times over the years, and I, I think you're right. I think that 
um, there is something to be said for the fact that um, our own sinful nature uh, is going to be gravitating uh, away from God by nature. Uh, our hearts are going to be going in the other direction by nature, um, and it's only the Holy Spirit who can um, enlighten us as to the true nature of God uh, and and the true nature of salvation. And so when we're flowing in the other direction, um, you know, it, it just would seem that uh, our tongue would begin uh, to speak uh, cursing words uh, related to God rather than praise words. Uh, related to God, uh, be because of sin, uh, also as you say, because of uh, because of Satan. Uh, Satan's temptations uh, are, are are very strong, and of course, Satan hates God, and so you know he's always working to try to uh, to get people to blaspheme God because that's what he does. I mean, we we, we really become a mouthpiece for uh, the devil when we uh, when we take God's name in vain, when when we uh, speak uh, curse words and. It reminds me of uh, a few verses in James chapter 3 that say, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole person of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. So to go to your point there, son, definitely I think uh, the devil is always looking for uh, any way he can get to have people use God's name in vain. Um, now, of course, his biggest target are you and I and all Christians, uh, because he hates Christians the most because he hates Jesus so much. But but he also, I believe, um, does whatever he can to stir up unbelievers to use God's name in vain. Uh, and and I think that the place where we've seen this uh, just... Uh, just on and on, uh, day after day, hour after hour, is is on uh, the television programs these days and the movies. Uh, you know, when you think about how far things have come uh, over the past, you know, few decades, uh, and now, you know, it's nothing on just, you know, ordinary cable channels uh, to hear God's name uh, used in vain. You know, I'm always amazed at what they'll bleep out, you know, uh, even some of these networks. I won't name which networks, but, you know, some of the, you know, most uh, prominent cable networks, you know, they'll they'll bleep out um, just something that you kind of thought, well, that's kind of uh, odd that they would bleep that out. But then someone will use Jesus's name or they'll say, damn it, after saying God. And, you know, it, it used to be some they would never have, have uh, allowed that on on television, but you know, uh, Satan's always working to push the boundaries a little bit further, a little bit further, a little bit further. And what that does then is it fills the atmosphere of every home that enters by having that channel on, by having that come in. It just starts to fill the atmosphere of your home with those curse words. And what I mean by that is it, it just does not set a, a, a holy uh, spiritual perspective uh, and and uh, an influence in the home. And uh, it certainly is not going to invite the Holy Spirit's presence uh, in, in the home or in the hearts of those who are watching. And so, you know, as Christians, of course, we are exposed to this. Uh, and so it's just a huge reason why we really have to be careful what we allow um, into our minds, into our hearts. And that largely is by what we allow to come across the screens that we watch, be it a TV, be it a computer, you know, wherever we're at, because it, it, we just want to avoid as much as possible uh, having, um, you know, just uh, vile things about the Lord, you know, spoken, uh, you know, uh, in, in our home. Now, the last thing I'll say here, Son, is that I realize that, uh, you know, there are probably some folks, you know, listening right now who say, well, you know, that sounds great, but, um, you know, I, I work in a place, you know, where they're always swearing. Either I'm a construction worker or I work in an office where they're always swearing. And, and, and the Lord understands how difficult that is for His people to have to listen to that or, you know, try not to listen to that. And so we just pray for wisdom. We can be a witness by what we don't engage in. And, you know, I, I've known many, many Christians who, who've taken a stand at the right time to just uh, try to put a word in there and just uh, try to encourage people to, to not use that language in the workplace or in different settings because of how offensive it is, first of all, to the Lord, but also to all those who love the Lord. So um, these are challenges, you know, in our life of discipleship today, and, and that's why I think this topic that you've chosen, Son, is such a relevant one for all of us, uh, how we use God's name and, and, and then how to respond when we hear His name uh, being used in, in just, uh, you know, these, these mean and, and evil ways. You mentioned TV shows and the stuff that we take in. I remember back in the 80s, the music group Petra, and they sang a song. 
I guess it was off their Beat the System album, if I remember correctly. And it was uh, Garbage In, Garbage Out, Computer Brains Programming Us. And that's the kind of thing that it is. It's we're being programmed and conditioned by the stuff that we intake. And therefore, what's going in is going to come out. And if we hear that, and if we are uh, in that environment where we're constantly around it, and if we're not cognizant of it, it's going to come out. I know a lot of people that well, throughout the OMG, you know, kind of just in a in a off the cuff yeah. kind of way, not really evil intent or anything, just like a yeah. you know an exclamation. But what we forget to realize is that even the littlest of things or the flippant of yeah. things can be um, uh, not good for us. Um, one of the things growing up that we were told, instead of saying OMG, uh, which became the the texting acronym, but actually saying out, oh my, oh my God, was to change it to gosh, like oh my gosh. Yeah. But I always thought that was kind of interesting because I was always one where it's the sentiment behind it. For example, if I am upset with somebody and I lash out at them and I swear at them, okay, then people might perceive that as bad. So I'm going to say like, oh, my God, or something like that in in a negative way and in an angry way. And people are going to look at that bad. But yet if I say, you know, uh, stinking ripping or something like that, but I still have that angry tone behind me. To me, yeah. it became more of not what I say, the actual words, but the spirit behind what I say. So I was just curious as to your thoughts about that. You know, even though we change the word like, oh my gosh, but isn't the sentiment and what we're saying still kind of there? And isn't that significant behind the message of what we're trying to convey in, in, in the words we use? You know, son, I think it is. I think, you know, those are two different issues, of course, but they're very related, as you point out. You know, I, I do think it is a very good uh, instruction that, that you and many have, have been given uh, over the years. Uh, you know, rather than ever saying, oh, my, and then saying God, uh, you know, I mean, people will say, you know, oh, my goodness, or or they'll um, say something entirely different. You know, oh, my gosh. I mean, certainly if, if I had to choose between oh, my gosh, and then oh, my, and saying God's name, I mean, oh, my gosh is... Is is not uh, something that um, that I believe violates the, the commandment uh, of taking God's name in vain. Although, as you point out, um, there the, the, we have to also look at you know what what's going on in my heart that that would lead me to say that. Um, now, I, I think you know it, it's next to impossible, perhaps, to think that that uh, you know even we as Christians, when something alarming or sudden or uh, or painful to us happens that we don't have some sort of response. We can certainly train ourselves um, to have a very uh, deliberate, you know, positive response. Uh, but at the same time, um, I, I don't think that, you know, it's necessarily a huge deal if, if somebody, you know, has an expression of frustration in the moment. Um, again, depending on, as you point out, what's going on in the heart, um, you know, and, and I think that's such a good point because, um, moment by moment, uh, we, we need to remind ourselves that we are in God's hands, and that even when news hits us uh, that we did not uh, want to have happen, uh, even when we encounter something that is a struggle or a challenge, you know, as we grow as Christians, I think we can grow in, in, in how we respond, and rather than just in some impulsive way uh, and maybe let the flesh jump in there, um, we, we can try to respond in, in, in the best possible way, while also understanding that we're still dealing here with human beings and, and that it might seem next to impossible that a Christian would never have you know, some sort of, of reaction or response. Um, but, and so, you know, I, I think on one level, certainly not ever using God's name would, would be a good place to, to start, you know, to train the tongue. Uh, you know, I think about uh, there in James 3, a little later on, it says, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? Now, Son, your point is addressing not just the word itself or the words we choose. Your, your point is addressing the spring. And, and I think that is uh, critical, uh, because God is our wellspring. Uh, the Holy Spirit uh, provides the living water in us through faith in Jesus Christ. And, you know, God is either pleased or offended, not only by the words that we choose to use, although that's certainly part of it, but also by the attitude of our heart, uh, by, by how we choose to respond. Um, you know, are, are we going to praise the Lord you know, even when things go wrong, 
Um, now, and you and I even talked about this, I think, recently in one of our visits, and, and I think I made the point that, um, you know, I, I've known some people over the years, especially I think back uh, a few people maybe that I've known who they in their hearts uh, have chosen to just, you know, praise the Lord for everything that happens and trying to do that. And, and, and you know, I have to be honest, I, I've never really... Uh, instructed Christians, uh, I, I guess, uh, you know, as a pastor now for almost 30 years, I've, I've never really instructed either our own kids, we have four kids, uh, you know, who all love the Lord, and we're so thankful for that, but I've never instructed them that, you know, hey, God really wants you to praise the Lord for everything that happens. You know, everything that you encounter, thank God that that happened. Now, you know, son, if I'm, you know, not quite a correct in that approach, then uh, I need to ask the Lord to show me that. Um, but I, I, I think that the biblical, uh, the, the, the biblical teaching on this would be more that we, are, we can praise the Lord in the midst of everything that happens. You know, sometimes things happen, and it, it's so destructive, or it is so wrong on, on certain levels, um, that I, I think we can always attempt to praise the Lord uh, in the midst of those things that go on that make no sense, and know that He is worthy of praise. And so I think the spring within us um, is one that can be joyful always, as the Bible says. God wouldn't say that if it wasn't something that, by His grace, He could help us to be joyful always. And so how can you be cursing if you're joyful? How can you be using God's name if, if you're joyful? And, and so just to put a little bow on that, I would just simply say that I don't equate being joyful always with, with um, you know, thanking God that this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened, because, you know, in the course of any given day, um, I don't know how realistic it is that a Christian's going to be sitting in a traffic jam and, let's say, a car behind them, you know, runs into the back of their car. Now, if you're led to praise the Lord that that happened, then who am I to say you shouldn't do that? I mean, that might be a level of faith that I've never experienced, you know, perhaps. But at the same time, uh, I, I think most Christians are going to have, um, you know, a variety of responses, but we can hopefully prepare ourselves, uh, you know, by God's grace, that we don't respond in the flesh, that we don't respond in anger, that we don't respond just with our, our human impulses, but rather we say, Lord, you know, help me in this. Uh, you know, you know, I got to be somewhere and this and that. But Lord, uh, you know, help me to be a good witness to this person now. And I mean, there are all sorts of ways that we can respond. And uh, and that gets to the heart of, I think, your question, your point about what about that um, the motive behind what we're saying, not just, you know, the words themselves. Yeah, because if I went to a doctor and he said that uh, I've got, you know, stage four lung cancer, I'm going to be dead in six months. My reaction right. is going to be, praise the Lord, it's going to be holy swear word. Um, yeah. And so I yeah. think, but, you know, then eventually, you know, like you said, you can kind of turn around, gain some perspective. So I think you're right. right. I think it is kind of hard to kind of be that, yay, Jesus, you know, pep, pep rally Jesus the whole time, because in our human nature, sometimes we are hit with, you know, some bad news and we just, in our human form is going to be like, oh crap, this is not good. Or well, you I'll tell you what, Son, you know what, if, if we push this to the logical conclusion, if someone, let's say, was, was, was trying to live their life that way, then what would prevent them um, from, in a very extreme case, let's say they're talking to a friend or a family member, and they just learn that that, that family member had a child in their family they, they discovered who had been uh, you know, sexually abused. I mean, this is in the news now again. Uh, you know, a lot of people have been talking the past few days about, you know, those who've been abused in the Boy Scout organization, okay? So let's just say that, um, that you have a family member and, and you, you receive news that um, that person was abused, okay? Um, the logical conclusion or, uh, or position, I guess, might be, well, you know, thank the Lord that that happened. I mean, obviously... No Christian uh, who's anywhere near the Holy Spirit's leading um, would ever think such a thing or say such a thing. You'd have to be so confused, twisted, and demented in your thinking that you would ever thank the Lord that that happened, that you're, you, you, you know, you're not even close to anything that God would be wanting you to do. You know? So, again, uh, there are a lot of bad things that happen. There are a lot of terrible, destructive things that happen. 
And, and so our challenge then as Christians is, you know, Lord, how, uh, how would you have me respond here in prayer? Um, and, and, you know, we don't always get it right, Son, you know. Uh, I mean, there, there are Christians, uh, you know, who might today say, you know, I really struggle with, with, uh, with, with profanity at times. Well, you know, we all have areas that we need to grow on, grow in, and, and, uh, and work on. And, and so if that, you know, if somebody who's listening today says, you know, hey, in all honesty, I mean, you know, it does slip out now and then when I'm angry or this or that. Okay, well, you recognize that. And, and uh, you know, part of the reason uh, that we're having this discussion and Son is leading uh, this topic today is so that we can think about that and, and, and think about, you know, what happens in our relationship with Christ, you know, when we uh, speak in a profane way in a way that takes the Lord's name in vain, and, and it certainly hurts our relationship with the Lord, and, and it disrupts the flow of the Holy Spirit uh, and His work in our lives. So there are many, many reasons why um, the Lord does not want His people uh, ever taking His name in vain, but if it happens, then the sooner uh, that sin can be confessed and, and, uh, and then turned away from, the better it will be for that Christian's uh, life in the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit in their life. Dan Delzell, my guest, and uh, yeah, you get me on an L.A. freeway, a sailor has nothing on me, man. Um, <laughs> so I can, I can be, that's one of my uh, weaknesses is that uh, sure. you know, I can throw down a bomb or two while I'm driving the L.A. freeways. But again, I do recognize then after the fact, I do kind of feel bad sometimes. I'm like, oh, why am I cursing that person? Because then I start right. to think, okay, I got cut off or someone hit the brakes or whatever. And my mind for some reason through the years has always gone to the big picture. First it's my selfish inclination and then it goes yeah. to the big picture. For example, car cuts me off or does something crazy. I'm like yeah. raging at this guy, flipping him off, cursing him, whatever. Then I start to think, okay, well, the guy's got a Toyota Celica, whatever car. What if he worked or she worked five years to save up for that car? And now she bought this car, might be used, might be new. But now she's protective of this car because it took her so long to buy it. I don't yeah. know the reason behind the person's behavior. Maybe it's a valuable prized possession that this person spent years earning money for to save, and now they no longer take the bus. They no longer take tra public transportation. They have a vehicle. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe in, in my rage for something else, I don't understand that person's perspective. One of the things that I have come to learn in, in teaching college is that students will have all kinds of life out there. What I mean by that is professors will get upset if a student doesn't show up to show up to class. It's like offensive. Why aren't you in my class? But yet what yeah. we don't realize is, A, maybe the student is a mom or dad, and maybe they're 19, 20. Maybe their parents can't work. Maybe they have to work two or three jobs to help out. Maybe they have all these other issues that they can't keep them from coming to class. The point is, we don't know what the other person is going through. And so for That's us right. to kind of rage and get out of our narcissistic you know, perspective of, you cut me off, I'm mad at you, to, okay, yeah. maybe there's another reason. Maybe we didn't see that that person got cut off, and now... They have to react so they don't get hit, and that cut me off. You know, you just don't, we don't know what the circumstances are. So for me, sometimes that's where I go. I get my initial, like, I'm mad, I'm going to curse you. But then I go beyond that, and it's like, what's the bigger picture that I'm not realizing? Yeah. And there's could you know, be more to a, it. You know, that's a great perspective, Son, and a great reminder to us that, you know, um, it's not just us here in this equation when, when we're dealing with a situation like that. You know, there's at least one other party involved, and, and as you say, we have no idea what they're going through or, or what all the issues are related to why they're responding uh, the way that they are, and, uh, and so that is, that is such a, a good thing for us to try to keep in mind. Uh, you know, we, we, we do tend to just live our lives with our blinders on and, and our own perspective and our own attitudes and our own feelings. You know, one of the things, Son, that uh, Tammy and I, and we'll celebrate our 30th uh, anniversary uh, later this year, uh, wedding anniversary. But one of the things we we've tried to you know say you know uh, every year of our marriage um, is is uh, you know if 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 the other one is um, starting to you know maybe you know get a bad attitude or get upset with with uh, you know the other or whatever and and maybe starting to um, not respond in the best way is you know we, we we've tried to then mention to one another hey you know. You're, you're in the flesh. In other words, you're not, you know, you've gotten out of the flow of the Spirit. Now, that doesn't mean that it maybe it wasn't something that I did that led you there, okay? 
So, so you know, that has to be talked through and worked on. You know, and it's not like, oh, well, you're in the flesh, so that makes us even or anything like that. But it's more as a... Um, we try to we try to do it more as a, a cautionary thing, not not you know uh, you know tit for tat, you know well you know, but just more um, hey you know time out you know because here's the thing, Son, um, you know it's so easy for any of us to not realize it in the moment. Um, you know, uh, I, I think of something um, that you know the famous uh, Christian uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer in. Uh, Germany, who helped to rescue, uh, you know, so many Jews. He was a uh, a Lutheran minister, and um, you know, one of the quotes uh, from Dietrich Bonhoeffer that I, I remember is he said, you know, when, when we are tempted to sin as Christians, you know, and 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 then uh, you know we we really are being pulled in that direction. It, it's not like you know all of a sudden we say, well, you know, um, God doesn't exist. You know, we 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 don't go to that point where there's something like that. But but what we can tend to do is we can just kind of tend to forget God in the moment and then just launch out and do our own thing. And and I think that is so accurate, and, and that's just another way of saying um, we get in the flesh, you know, and it's so easy to move in and out of, of the Spirit and the flesh. Um, when we're in the flesh, we're driven, son, and not driven by the Spirit. You know, it's interesting, the Bible uh, tends to use the word led, like Spirit led, or the Spirit led them here. And many times it's kind of a, it's a gentle leading, um, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Of course, one of the, the, the nine uh, there listed is, is gentleness, but the Holy Spirit, you know, tends to operate very gently in our life. Uh, the more that we are being filled with the Holy Spirit, moment by moment, the more gentle we tend to be with one another, whether it be the, uh, the other driver on the highway, whether it be the spouse in our home, whether it be our child, whether it be the neighbor, whether it be the coworker or the church member, uh, you know, who is, is has gotten us, you know, uh, you know, really bothered by by something, um, and and so you know, being in the flesh is is when we start to take the reins of what the Holy Spirit really wants to do in, in producing the fruit in our lives, and and we start to take those reins and we start to assert, well, you know. How dare you do this to me? Or, or who do you think you are? And, and, and we start to try to almost get back up on the throne of our heart for a minute. You know, Jesus is there. When we surrendered our life to him, when we accepted Christ as our Savior, when we were born again, justified, redeemed, and forgiven on the front end of our relationship with God, you know, Jesus came onto the throne of our heart. So we no longer have the right to walk in the flesh. Um, we've been purchased with the blood of Jesus. You know, we no longer have the right to assert our own will into a situation unless, you know, it, it's the Lord leading us uh, on, according to His will. And yeah, we do it all the time, don't we? And so spart- part of spiritual maturity is, is that we are, um, we are lessening the amount of times that we just jump out in the flesh, and, and we are being led by the Spirit more moment by moment. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, the Bible says there is freedom. And, and there is peace on, and there is joy. And, and when we're in the flesh, we are, we are driven, and many times we're angry, uh, or we're filled with, you know, one, you know a particular sinful, um, whether it's, you know, uh, anger, uh, whether it's jealousy, whether it's lust, whether it's uh, revenge, a grudge, whether it's greed. I mean, all of these vices that are part of the sinful nature that can, that can fuel anyone, including Christians. You know, uh, it's why we have to be so careful, moment by moment, to to walk with the Lord. And, and I tell you, son, anybody who um, you know tries this, anybody who accepts Christ, I mean, it's not very long before they realize. I mean, this Christianity thing, this is not easy. I mean, you know, my biggest uh, competitor here, it, it's not my spouse or my coworkers, not even the devil. It's me. You know, uh, in fact, I remember in college there was a guy named Marty. Uh, who told me, you know, he said, hey, I didn't realize how selfish I was until I'd been married for like three months. And I thought, wow, what an insight, uh, you know. Um, of course, I mean, I wasn't married at the time, but I thought, wow, you know, that would seem to make sense. That's probably the way, you know, marriage works, because now you've got two of you there. And, and, and when a person becomes a Christian, son, now it's no longer just you, you know. You now have the Lord of the universe living inside you. He is the one that wants to lead every thought that we have, every word that we say, every response that we have. And so the last thing he would ever want us doing, to go back to just what we started on today, is taking his name in vain or just getting off in the flesh. So 
Uh, so excuse me, Sam, for that going on a little while, but I just wanted to, I thought I would point out that you're in the flesh versus you're in the spirit. Um, we, we, we need to hear that, especially when we're in the flesh, although, you know, at, at that time we don't want to hear it, you know, but we need to. Yeah, no, I can attest to that, you know, living in the flesh. We've talked about it a little bit before the last few months, things I've been going through have been that. And it has been, you know, there has been anger. There has been wanting to get revenge. There has been all these negative things, unrest, sure. things like that. And it's not sure. a fun place to be. And yet I remember while going through this and, and still, you know, kind of re- trying to resolve some issues from it, um, yeah. you sit there and you're like, you think there's no there's no way out. And I've been a, a Christian for a long time, and I know the answers. You know, I, I can speak Bible-ease and Christian-ease and all that. You know, I've got a PhD in that. But yeah. it's like when you're going through it, you don't realize that there is an answer, that God is the answer, and that all we have to do is give it to him. And it's like the, the, the footprints, you know, um, poster or the, the picture where you see two sets of footprints, and then all of a sudden there's one set of footprint, and the guy's like, God, where were you? Or Jesus, where were you yeah. while I was going through this troubled yeah. time? And he's like, dude, I was carrying you. You know, and that's the one set of footprints that we see is Jesus carrying us through these hard times. And I think that that's the the one thing that we have to to kind of realize is that we don't have to, like you said, God in us. We don't have to take it on our own and take that burden, cast our cares upon the Lord and let him take it and let him carry it because he's he's there for us. He's there for that. Um, Dan Delzell is my guest. We're talking about uh, many different things now, but we started out talking about taking the Lord's name in vain and and what that really means. I also wanted to get your opinion on uh, just basic profanity. I know a lot of Christians and a lot of people, well, let's stick with Christians because the Christians are supposed yeah. to have a biblical standard, um, mm-hmm. that say, you know, profanity is okay as long as you're not taking God's name in vain. It's okay to throw down, you know, a holy poop or whatever word that, that might come to it. And yeah. again, going back to, to my thoughts to me, it wasn't necessarily the word that was, I think that was kind of like the, the simplicity of it. Okay, I'm saying a swear word, yeah. but it was the sediment behind it, which you have you know, mentioned is kind of two different things, the spring versus the, the water that comes out of it. But when it comes to just kind of basic profanity, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, uh, I love comedy, and sometimes when a comedian will throw out a cuss word, it's, it's funny, I gotta admit. You know, sometimes that profanity word, it, it makes the funny, kind of hits the joke, and I know that's wrong, but you know, my human nature, I laugh at it. Um, What's your thoughts on just basic profanity that people might use, uh, especially those that are believers that shouldn't really be doing it? You bet, Son. You know, a couple things, and that's a great question. Uh, You know, I think of like in Ephesians 4, where Paul is writing to Christians, and um, the Holy Spirit, through Paul, gives us this instruction. Uh, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So, um, so then the question really becomes, and this is what you know you, you've addressed here. Um, well, then what what would be considered unwholesome talk? Now, 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 one way, son, that I think we could um, you know attempt to get a, a good answer to that would be, you know, if, if we were to ask, uh, you know, a hundred Christians, but not just a hundred Christians. Let's say a hundred mature Christians, and, and you know people who've walked with the Lord for years, um, who are, are just men and women of grace. Um, you know they're not legalists, uh, but at the same time uh, they are holy men and women of God who who take the Christian life seriously, but who have a depth of understanding in the Word and and in Christian living that you know it, it many times might take decades to kind of reach that level of growth. Now, if we were to ask a hundred mature Christians. If we were to give them a list of, let's say, uh, you know, 10 words or 20 words um, that, that aren't necessarily taking the Lord's name in vain, but they would fall into the category of profanity, um, or even, you know, even just, let's say, the top seven or eight of those, okay? Um, you know, I, what I would expect is because the Holy Spirit is dwelling within each one of them, um, I would think that we would have a pretty good sense of, of, of at least what 100 mature Christians uh, would seem to say, because, you know, we live in a day, Son, and, and by human nature, we, we, we tend to think, well, whatever my perspective is, that's probably the right one, because, you know, hey, I mean, I'm a Christian, or or, or if a person's not, you know, well, hey, I, I, you know, I, I understand the way life is and, and the way God is, but, but regardless, uh, you know, when it comes to matters like this, Son, and, and again, you ask a very good question, um, what, you know, people, you know, we had the, you know, what would Jesus do? Well, obviously, that's the ultimate question we could ask. But, you know, 
um, the Lord's not here. He has His Word, and He's in us. He's, he's here, but not in the, in the sense that we, we can talk to Him the way His disciples could 2,000 years ago, but we can talk to 100 uh, mature Christians. And my guess is, Son, that if we were to take the top seven or eight uh, words of profanity, I would be surprised if even one of those mature Christians would say, you know, yeah, I don't really think I would put that word into unwholesome talk. Uh, I mean, that's just my sense. I mean, I haven't done that experiment, but, but my sense would be that if something rises to the level of one of the top seven or eight uh, words of profanity, now, without being legalistic, what I mean by that is, without saying that, well, if, if you ever hear that come out of a person's mouth, that person obviously is not a Christian. I, I mean, I think that would be a huge mistake. That just, that's like saying, well, if that person ever sins, then they're not a Christian. I mean, come on. Let, let, let's, let's get with the program here and be realistic. But at the same time, um, to try to answer your question, um, I, I would be surprised if even one of those 100 mature Christians would give the green light to any of those seven or eight, uh, you know, profane words. Now, th- that doesn't mean that, you know, that's on the level of Scripture, which is absolutely correct, you know, and absolute truth. But what it does do is it gives us a good indication of, of, of you know, um, godly men and women who have the Holy Spirit living in them, who, who have lived for years walking with Christ, uh, who are not trying to be legalistic, and they don't, they don't walk in legalism, but they do walk in spiritual maturity, they do walk in godliness and holiness. So, so you know, I, I, I think that that is, is just a good reminder to us that anytime we start to think, well, it's okay for me to do it, you know, may, maybe ask yourself, well, you know, what are, who are some godly Christians that I know? Why don't I run it by them and see if maybe, you know, they, they would agree? Uh, because if it doesn't seem to be addressed in Scripture, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe that verse, you know, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, isn't as, um, you know, uh, ambiguous as it might seem. Uh, you know, may, maybe uh, profanity easily falls into that, and, and I, you know, for me, I would, I would definitely lean that way. I mean, I can't think of, um, I can't think of a word that would be used as profanity today that I, that that I would think, wow, you know, you sure hear that word tossed around in in, in churches uh, that preach the Bible and and love Jesus, and you hear people sharing that, and that would be another test. And that is, you know, it, it's one thing if you're okay saying it in the car or you know out somewhere. But is it something that you think would be really cool just to share it at church, at the Bible study, or, or wherever, you know? And, and, and if not, then maybe ask yourself, I wonder why. I mean, I wonder why it feels like, you know, um, I, would, I wouldn't be as comfortable sharing it there. Well, I think the answer, too, for those that want maybe a simplistic, well, maybe not simplistic, but when you say let no unwholesome thing come out of your mouth, it goes beyond just what you say, like the, the specific mm-hmm. words, but... Talk about, you know, in the church, especially gossiping, uh, rumors, um, you know, shaming others in whatever it might be, uh, judgmenting, or I don't know if judgmenting is a word, but being judgmental, you know, those are the type of things too that even fall under there. So when we talk just specifically profanity, when you bring that up, we're even going beyond that. And then if people don't have a problem with swearing, but they're judgmental of somebody else, then now they've just fallen under that. Don't let unwholesome things because now you're spreading unwholesome rumors, whatever talking about, you know, bad about somebody else. Oh, son, I'm so glad you mentioned that because you know, there have been so many people who have been judged by, by certain folks in certain churches. And, and, you know, anytime someone judges someone else or gossips about someone else, um, whether they realize it or not, what they're saying to anyone around them is, is um, I'm definitely not a mature Christian, and um, I may or may not even be a Christian. You know, I mean, that's what they're saying, whether they realize it or not. Because gossip and, and judgmental condemnations of others, um, that, I, I, would, I would say that that is on a higher level of offense you know, uh, but to the Lord, then, then profanity, as profane as profanity is, as, as vile as profanity is. How vile and evil is gossip? How vile and evil is, is uh, judging someone else? I am so glad you made that point, Sam, because, you know, the, the Pharisees, well, you know, we're tithing, you know, and, and we're jumping through these hoops, you know, and yet their hearts weren't right with God. 
And so somebody could come along and say, well, I don't take the Lord's name in vain. Meanwhile, did you hear about so-and-so? And look at that sinner over there. I mean, so that is on a high, in my, in my view, that is a higher degree of offense, a higher degree of depravity, uh, an absolute um, just indicated that this person is definitely not a mature Christian, um, and, and I don't know, maybe they're not even saved, because how can you live in gossip and judging others uh, and, and, you know, and not be convicted by that. Uh, but, you know, uh, it happens at times, um, you know, even Christians can harden, you know, we can harden our hearts to certain things, um, uh, you know, whether it be, you know, those issues or profanity. And, and so, you know, we need to grow, and we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. But, boy, son, I'm so glad you raised that. That is just dead on. You know, so we've been talking about uh, the, the tongue, words coming out of our mouth. We started out talking about taking God's name in vain, moving into a little bit of profanity, maybe gossiping about others. If someone has a problem, okay, let's say it's a, it's they're genuinely like, okay, take me, for example. I'll just use me. I'm on the L.A. freeway. Dude, yeah. I let it fly sometimes. And I know it's yeah. wrong, and sometimes yeah. I can control it. And other times it's just a reaction. You know, I'm driving, yeah. I get cut off, and you know, I don't take God's name in vain, fortunately. Yeah. So I'm a less yeah. I'm less of a sinner than those that do. No. But um but no, I'll let I'll, I'll let some things fly, I'll be honest. I can have a sailor's right. mouth when I'm driving the LA freeway because it just drives me nutty, some of these people. Right. Um right. so for me, I try as best as I can. I've, I, there's been times where I'll sit there while I'm driving. I try to pray. There's times where I'll sit there and I'll try to play music. So, you know, I make a conscious effort. So use me as an example. So yeah. what can I do to kind yeah. of help curb that, uh, yeah. that habit or yeah. that nature to try to go directly to, um, yeah. the, 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 you know, the cursing, the swearing and the, you know, right. getting after them, yeah. but not be the condescending Christians that, Oh, praise Jesus, that person or whatever, you know, right. how can I be genuine right, right. in me trying to solve my problem? You know, Son, thank, thank you for that. Just outstanding question. Um, I, I think that perhaps the first place for anyone to begin, whether it be like with this very practical thing that you're talking about, Son, and thank you for your transparency on that and just, you know, your, your um, willingness just to, you know, divulge that that's an area where you're saying, hey, I need work. You know, whether it be something like that or, or whether it be, let's say, if a person has an issue with um, some substance or with some uh, sexual temptation, or let's say with, uh, with a, a quick temper, okay? Um, I think perhaps the first place to start is that by God's grace, the stronghold needs to be torn down that has convinced a person that's just the way I am, okay? Now, for the Christian, Son, for the Christian, that is such a dangerous uh, perspective Anytime a sin is related to that, because the Bible refutes that premise over and over again. I mean, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. So, so for a person to say, that's just the way I am, the, the first thing we have to do is we have to recognize, no, wait a minute, that's the way my flesh is. Okay, right. That's the way my sinful nature leads. Okay, right. That's something that I've given into multiple times, so it, it's going to be a bigger temptation for me even as a believer. Okay, right. I mean, all of those things are true, son. All of those things are true. But, but to recognize the stronghold that says, that's just the way I am. And then to match that with who we are today in Christ. Because who we are today in Christ is a new creation. And, and, and so um, we don't have to give in to sin, even those pet sins, that, that have um, clung to us maybe for years or decades. You know, I, I think about the Bible verse that says that um, the grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passion. And so I love to hear a sign like what you said about how, you know, you try to play Christian music, you know, you, you try to stay out in front of that thing. Um, sometimes it, it, it sneaks up on you. You know, it, it, it's like the Lord who warned Cain, you know, when he was, um, you know, uh, on the verge of really hurting his brother Abel, and the Lord says, hey, you know, sin is crouching at your door, and it desires to have you, but you must master it. So, so the Christian life, son, is, is not all that complicated. The, 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 the biggest word um, in, in these matters for us to learn as Christians is no. And, and if we will, by God's grace, say no, um, then the, 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 the fire of the Holy Spirit will continue to flow uh, freely. And it's almost like we're in this vehicle, and, you know, to use the highway analogy, and, you know, 
the, the Lord is, is driving, and, and we're going along, uh, you know, just fine in our Christian life. But the moment we give in to any of these areas or any sin, especially, let's say, any pet sin or, or, or uh, uh, area of weakness, it's almost like the foot on the accelerator starts to come off. Uh, even though the Lord's driving, um, it's like we interrupt the flow of that, and we almost seem to come to a stop in, in, our, in our Christian life momentarily. And, and, and how long we stay stopped there on the freeway, causing a traffic jam in our family, maybe at work, maybe in our church, among our friends, it all depends on how long it takes for us to confess that sin to the Lord and then for the car to get going again, you know? So, so the fewer times that we give into it, the more we can just say no, God's going to do the rest. I mean, we don't have to provide the fuel for the car. We don't have to provide where the car is going to go. You know, uh, the Lord's going to lead us where he wants us to go. About the only thing we need to do now as Christians is learn how to say no and then do it. And any time we don't do that in any one of these areas, it's going to interrupt things. We're going to come to a standstill. Uh, you know, profanity is going to come out of our mouth, or we could list dozens of other things that are going to happen in our life, given our particular weakness, our particular temptation. And, and, and so to recognize the stronghold that's there, that's just the way I am, to say, hey, that's a lie. <laughs> that's, that's not who I am. I don't have to give in to that. Because this, of course, son, is what uh, the world has used to convince people, let's say, in some area of sexual bondage. Well, that's just the way you are. You know, that's just the way you are. Well, God's Word may say this or that about it, but that's just the way you are. Or you just have a bad temper. You know, you're an Irishman, you have a bad temper. That's just the way you are. But for the Christian, it's like, wait a minute. My, the, the new person is a new creation, and I no longer am bound even to my, the pet sins of my past. Although I will say this, Son, I think even for many Christians, whatever the sins of the past have been, those may be areas of uh, where, where, where we need special care going forward as Christians, because even, uh, you know, it's almost like the person who, let's say, you know, had been giving into alcohol, you know, for a decade, and now they're trying to stop. Well, you know, one drink, you know, uh, could put them over the edge back into drunkenness again. And, and so it's that way, I think, with, with so many things, if we've been addicted to something, whether it's using profanity on the freeway, whether it's holding grudges, whether it's gossip, whether it's judging others, whatever it is, um, boy, we're going to have to be very careful because when something comes to trigger it, and it will, I mean, we'll get cut off on the freeway or, or somebody will do something to us at work or in our family, and it will trigger that thing within us. And, and it's like the Lord is saying to us, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. And, and I love the verse in the New Testament, Son, that says, uh, a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. And Jesus is our Savior. We serve him. Uh, we, we don't do it perfectly. You know, we know that. You know, we're, we're sinners. Uh, and we're reminded of that daily. But our aim is to say no to sin across the board and to have the strongholds torn down that would lead us to think, oh, well, I just have to live that way. You know, that's the way I am. Dan Delzell uh, has been my guest, and Dan, as you wrap things up, one of the things I always like to conclude with, if someone's been listening, and maybe they've had that kind of knocking on the door of their heart, and they haven't accepted Christ, maybe they're not saved, maybe they're still seeking, whatever the case may be, maybe they want to rededicate their lives, how can somebody accept Christ? How can somebody get that salvation? How can somebody have the assurance that they're going to live eternity in paradise? Thank you for that, Son. You know, my friend, as you're listening to this today, maybe there's there's been one or more issues um, that, that Son or I have raised, and, and, and you thought to yourself, hey, you know, that's an, that's an area in my life of, of weakness or of sin. You know, um, we're all sinful, okay? Um, in, in order for you, my friend, to become a Christian, it, it, will, it will call for you to, to be honest with God about your sin and to admit that you're a sinner and that you've broken His commands and that you fall short. In fact, the Bible says that we're not even close to, uh, to, to God. Even if, we, even if we try to live as righteously as possible, we're still so far short. And this is why Christ came and gave his life on the cross. And today, my friend, if you will turn from your sin, by that I mean just bring it to the Lord, admit it, confess it, you know, even tell God, Lord, I have no power over this thing. I have no ability to change it. I have nothing, Lord, except an acknowledgement that, that I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner and Lord, today I'm also going to acknowledge that I do believe your son took my place on the cross, and he took the, the punishment I deserve. You loved me enough to save me by sending your son. And so today I accept you, Christ, as my Savior. 
I give you my life. I surrender my life to you, Lord. To use that analogy that I heard a moment ago, it's like, um, Jesus, take the wheel. You know, you're, you're now the driver. I want to follow you, Lord. Um, help me when I fall short, Lord. Help me to keep short accounts with you. But I tell you, my friend, if you'll just call on Jesus today, um, you know, his blood will cleanse you. And I'll just say a short prayer, and I invite you just to, just to pray this in your heart right now um, as a way of, of just expressing uh, what's in your heart to God if you're being led uh, in this way today. If you would just say, you know, dear Lord Jesus, um, if you just repeat this after me, dear Lord Jesus, uh, I know I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. I have fallen short, Lord, many times. I've made a mess of it many times. But, Lord, I need you. I need your forgiveness. I need your power. I need your paradise in heaven one day. I can't get to any of this, Lord, on my own. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Wash my sin away with the blood you shed on the cross. And then fill me, Holy Spirit, with power. Lord, the power to live for Jesus. And, Lord, convict me when I'm wrong so that I confess my sins to you daily. Assure me every day, Lord, that I'm forgiven and saved, not based on my performance, not based on, on how well I do, you know, on, on this obedience test, but, Lord, just based on the fact that you died for me and I'm completely forgiven. And, Lord, may that motivate me now to aim super high in my Christian life with my speech, my life, my, my relationships, Lord, my thoughts, and, and a son address today, Lord, not just the words I say, but also the attitudes of my heart. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Help me now, Lord, to get connected to a, a wonderful Christian Bible-based church uh, with people who love you and are very grace-filled and very Scripture-filled and very hungry to do your will and, and serve others and serve the world. Thank you, Lord, uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Dan Delzell been my guest, uh, actually more like a co-host than a guest. He uh, can be found at the Christian Post. Um, he authors uh, all kinds of articles there. He's also a pastor at a church in Nebraska. Um, as far as if anybody has any questions, uh, maybe follow up. Is there an email or something that they can reach at if they want more information specifically on something that we might have addressed today? Absolutely, Son. If anybody listening today would be interested in reaching out with any questions or thoughts to me, just feel free to shoot me an email. Uh, you could do that at Dan Delzell, D A N D E L Z E L L, at coxcox.net. So just all lowercase, uh, uh, just no space in there, dandelzalcox.net. And if you'd be interested in reading about some of these topics, you could go to the Christian Post and, um, and then just search for my name on there. And uh, there, a lot of these topics have been covered, uh, written like over 500 articles for the Christian Post. And so we've covered, you know, all of these things at one time or another. And uh, feel free to check that out. Or like I say, shoot me an email, and I'd love to, love to get back to you with uh, any thoughts or ideas uh, related to your question. And for my shameless self-promotion, you can find me on Instagram at Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. DM me if you want. Uh, follow along. i got some cool stuff on there. And uh, I'm hoping to maybe put some excerpts from our uh, conversations on Instagram, too, so you get some snippets there. Dan, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Always look forward to our conversations. They're always great. Um, and I look forward to the next time. Oh, I, I sure will, Son. Thank you so much for this time today and for this uh, uh, tremendous topic we were able to address. Dan Delzell has been my guest. Thanks for listening. You guys have a great one. Until next time, uh, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.